0: You say in the ordinary way, I breathe, because you feel that breathing is something that you are doing voluntarily, just in the same way as you might be walking or talking. But you will also notice that when you are not thinking about breathing, your breathing goes on just the same. So the curious thing about breath is that it can be looked at both as a voluntary and an involuntary action. The hard and fast division that we make between what we do on the one hand and what happens to us on the other is arbitrary. Now that may at first seem a little scary because you may think, well, am I just the puppet?" of a happening, the mere passive witness of something that's going on completely beyond my control. Or on the other hand, am I really doing everything that's going along? Well, if I were, I should be God. That would be very embarrassing, because I would be in charge of everything. That would be a terribly responsible position. The truth of the matter, as you will see it, is that Both things are true. You can see it, that everything is happening to you. And on the other hand, you're doing everything. For example, it's your eyes that are turning the sun into light. It's the nerve ends in your skin that are turning electric vibrations in the air into heat and temperature. It's your eardrums that are turning vibrations in the air into sound. And in that way, you are creating the world. The world is round, it
1: turns this is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. You want someone to preach to? The philosophies of men.
0: I like magical toys. You are
1: religion mingled with humor i don't believe in there will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with with humor we are evolving baby steps you can buy anything (laughs) this world of money
0: look for the good in everything Look for the people who will set your
1: soul free It always seems impossible until it's done Look for the good in everyone Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Osland and this is episode 735. Sergeant Prophet's Open Hearts Club Virtual Study Group Thingy which is the episode where I invite you to join a cool new place to explore the various symbols of reality. Now, several of you have filled out the recent Return to Kolob Extraterrestrial Beliefs Survey, And you indicated that you would be interested in some kind of study group that explores a lot of different kinds of things, the intersection between science and philosophy, meditation and mindfulness, fringy out there kind of things, but still grounded in an honest exploration of reality and the common symbols that we use to represent this reality. Now, we're all aware of certain symbols that represent reality, and and we're aware that those symbols aren't truly the reality that they represent, right? Like the word water won't quench anybody's thirst just by saying the word water, right? I mean, because if you're listening to this right now, it's pretty safe to assume that you have been influenced in some significant and subtle ways by former Nauvoo man about the town, Sergeant Prophet Joseph Smith, And you've probably spent some time sorting through some of the various symbols that you receive from him and comparing those to reality and how some of those symbols don't totally match up to reality i mean this makes sense to you right and maybe that burned you a bit maybe at some point you closed your heart to the idea of these symbols or exploring symbols or any kind of symbols and you said oh that's just bs i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play around in the world of symbols ever again But maybe you also have realized that you can't avoid playing in the world of symbols and you're now interested in maybe opening your heart up a little bit more, of leaning into your curiosity, of dropping your judgment about things that seem strange and weird and asking questions and following whatever passion you have for exploring new ideas because you listen to podcasts and audiobooks and you watch documentaries and youtube videos and some of what you hear really turns you on and maybe you like to share that with other people and discuss it with others but do it at your own pace at your own convenience and do it in kind of a virtual study group thingy environment now if that describes you have i got great news for you because i'm creating right here right now it's happening right now A new virtual hybrid podcast study group thingy that I'm calling Sergeant Prophet's Open Hearts Club Virtual Reality Study Group thingy. Now, here's how it's gonna go. First, if you join this group every Monday, you're going to get a short recording with snippets and questions for the things that I'm currently turned on by, that I'm currently exploring. And I'm gonna share an example of that with you here in a minute. Now These recordings will build into a library over time that you'll have access to as a member of this private study group thing. Now second, this library will also include virtual contributions from study group members like yourself because I'm not gonna be the only one recording myself and sharing it with members of the group. I'm gonna ask you to do that too. And it's actually probably more simple than you think. Most of you have an app on your phone that will allow you to record yourself you just record yourself you email that to me along with any link to any audio clips that you might want me to include if you've been listening to a podcast or if you saw you saw something on youtube something that you want to highlight and share with members of the group send that to me i'll do the rest i'll put it together i'll publish it out to the group and it'll be part of this growing library so that's the second thing that you'll have access to as a member of this group and then the third thing we'll be holding a live study group discussion And it'll be held the last Sunday of every month. It will be recorded, so if you're not able to attend live, you'll be able to listen to the recording of it. But this is it. This is the study group thingy that I'm going to throw out there and try. So if you're interested in it, there'll be details on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And now here is an example of what those weekly snippets and questions will be like. I'm going to start with a clip from Alan Watts about... He's talking about meditation, but he's really saying that meditation is a way to better understand the relationship between symbols and reality. And then I also include a little allegory that I created a few years back about mapping symbols onto reality. All right? Sound good? Okay, here we go.
0: The art of meditation is a way of getting into touch with reality. And the reason for it is that most civilized people are out of touch with reality because they confuse the world as it is with the world as they think about it and talk about it and describe it all right here is your first question should you choose to accept
1: it what do you think about what alan watts just said that most people are out of touch with reality because they confuse the world as it is for the world as they perceive it do you believe that there is a reality that is above and beyond your perception of reality that's your first question what do you think?
0: For on the one hand, there is the real world, and on the other, a whole system of symbols about that world which we have in our minds. These are very, very useful symbols. All civilization depends on them. But like all good things, they have their disadvantages. And the principal disadvantage of symbols is that we confuse them with reality.
1: Alright, and here is your second question. What do you think Alan Watts is talking about when he mentions symbols? Like, What is a symbol? Words? Are words symbols? Stories? Are stories symbols? How about thoughts that are unspoken, that are just in your mind? Can thoughts be symbols? What about feelings? Can feelings be a symbol? What are some of the symbols that you're most familiar with and Have you ever done this? Have you ever confused a symbol with reality?
0: Just as we confuse money with actual wealth. And our names about ourselves, our ideas of ourselves, our images of ourselves, with ourselves. Now, of course, reality, from a philosopher's point of view, is a dangerous word. A philosopher will ask me, what do I mean by reality? Am I talking about the physical world of nature, or am I talking about a spiritual world, or what? And to that I have a very simple answer. When we talk about the material world, that is actually a philosophical concept. So in the same way, If I say that reality is spiritual, that's also a philosophical concept. And reality itself is not a concept. Reality is... And we won't give it a name. Now, it's amazing what doesn't exist in the real world. For example, in the real world, there aren't any things, nor are there any events. You know, I really disagree with this.
1: I think that the real world is includes all things and all events. <laughs> so I don't quite understand why he's saying there are no things and no events, because he goes on to talk about happenings and how happenings are part of reality that exists. So this part I don't necessarily agree with. What about you? What do you think about what he just said?
0: That doesn't mean to say that the real world is a perfectly featureless blank. It means that it is a marvelous system of wiggles in which we describe things and events in the same way as we would project images on a Rorschach blot or pick out particular groups of stars in the sky and call them constellations, as if they were separate groups of stars. Well, they're groups of stars in the mind's eye, in our system of concepts. They are not out there as constellations already grouped in the sky. So, in the same way, the difference between myself and all the rest of the universe is nothing more than an idea. It is not a real difference. And meditation is the way in which we come to feel our basic inseparability from the whole universe. And what that requires is that we shut up. That is to say, that we become interiorly silent and cease from the interminable chatter that goes on inside our skulls. I remember when I was a boy, we had a common saying, talking to yourself is the first sign of madness. Now, obviously, if I talk all the time, I don't hear what anyone else has to say. And so, in exactly the same way, If I think all the time, that is to say, if I talk to myself all the time, I don't have anything to think about except thoughts. And therefore I'm living entirely in the world of symbols and I'm never in relationship with reality. Or maybe the reality that we are in relationship with is that
1: system of symbols in our own minds, what we think about the reality that we think about that we're always constantly engaged with, it's almost like a map of reality that that symbolizes what reality actually is a map, Hmm. a map you say once upon a time in a faraway land there lived a king his name was Doug which was just about the most regal name a king could have for himself back then but this was a long time ago So it was also a kind of backwards, barbaric land, duh, that still hadn't even discovered the letter U. So instead of Doug, let's call him Dog. One day, King Dog called together his most trusted advisors and said, Look guys, because obviously this was also a land without gender equality. Barbaric, yes I know. Look guys, this whole ruling thing is a real drag. People come to me with all their problems and expect me to fix them lickety-split. And nobody can fix problems better than me, I'm the best problem fixer I know. But they all tell me different things, fake news, and I never know what to believe. It really sucks for me, you guys, and I'm the king. So put your heads together and fix this. I need one capital T truth to make all this crazy stuff more easier for me, okay? And get this to me quickly. I don't want to have to chop off any of your heads. So, Dog's advisors went off, intent upon keeping all of their heads. Well, except for a few advisors that the rest found particularly annoying, that kind of wanted their heads gone, but that, that's a different story altogether. But true to form, they found a solution and brought it back to the king lickety-split. And the solution they presented was brilliant. Uh, here's how we see it, king. By no fault of your own, of course. You are troubled by ignorance, so you need knowledge of all things. You are troubled by imprecision, so you need something that is precise. You are troubled by uncertainty, so you need certainty. And we have figured out how to give you all those things. I like it, said King Dog. Keep going. So they did. Dear King, the most common problems you deal with, by no fault of your own, of course, are land disputes. If you had an exact map of the entire kingdom, a map that showed precisely where everyone's property lines are... Could we build walls around these property lines? I really like walls. Of course you could build walls, but just hear me out here. You would see all and know all down to the most precise detail and have far less uncertainty to deal with. Uh Uh-huh. Uh Uh-huh, know-all, see-all, I like it, I like it a lot, said King Dog. Go do it. So they did. Now, I could tell you in excruciating detail how the map, in order to provide even more certainty, precision, and knowledge, developed and changed over time to include not only exact property lines and walls, don't forget the walls, and walls, but also every minute piece of property owned by any citizen Food, clothing, livestock, kitchen utensils, lady friends, etc. As well as exactly where all these citizens themselves were at any given time. Last week, Japanese scientists placed explosive detonators at the bottom of Lake Loch Ness to blow Nessie out of the water. And I could tell you how in order to fit all these precise details into the map, the map had to be drawn exactly to scale until said map was as large as the entire kingdom itself. And I could tell you how in order to keep said map as accurate as possible, each citizen was tasked To update all changes to their own areas of the map in real time. And I could tell you how the results of all of this effort meant that they all just kind of began to live inside of the map itself. And then, of course, I could also tell you how they eventually tried to simplify the first map by creating a newer map and then another map and then another map and onward and onward, etc., etc. But that would take too long, and I think you get the point. Or at least you get a point. I mean, that story must mean something to you, even if it doesn't mean exactly the same thing to me. But this story is my story, so I'm going to tell you how I see things right now, and like said map, I reserve the right to update and change. We're all living in a map exactly like this. Well, maybe not exactly. I mean, we at least have discovered the letter U. But the world we live in is a man-made construct, an interpretive space between reality and our own limited abilities to perceive it. A limited illusion of our own constant daily creation. No, I'm not going to get all Elon Musk on you to suggest that we're living in a computer-generated simulation. Maybe. But I am going to suggest that we are at least living in a culturally-generated simulation. And I'm going to suggest that you may be so caught up and ensconced in it, ensconced, my sophomore English teacher would be so proud that you may not even see that you're in it, like that fish who doesn't know what water is because water's the only environment it really knows. We live in a world of symbols, treated as if they were things that they're symbolizing. We live in a world of fictions that we've generated ourselves to assuage our fear of uncertainty in the unknown. We mostly present these fictions to one another as if they were capital T truths, and we tell ourselves stories about what percentage of things we know and what percentage of things we don't. But how can you know how much you don't know? How can you create a reliable percentage without a reliable denominator? And maybe my sophomore math teacher right now would be scratching his dandruffy head. But how can you build an edifice of certainty upon a foundation of shifting ignorance. Do you want answers to these questions? If so, you come to the wrong place, because all I got are more questions. Yeah, well, what about you? What impressions came to you as you listened to this? I'd really like to know. Would you really like to share them? If so, come and join me for this experimental sergeant Prophets Open Hearts Club virtual study group thingy You'll find details on the website, infants on or you can email me directly at infants on at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.
0: Hi, this is
1: Hillary. Matthew Specially, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infants If you really like what you hear, Give the quorum a five star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Incense on Thrones.